I would say the most rewarding and actually surprising part about what I do is probably like the people part. I'm managing a group of people, I'm running around in an agency, I'm supposed to be just baking the cookies, like I'm making advertising, I'm handling clients. And time and time again, when I keep coming back to what's the part I feel I'm most fascinated about or what someone loves the most about their job or in my department, it keeps coming back to the fact that like I am obsessed with the people part. Like it's almost like the HR part, like I guess I'm miscast. So if I was on like in the actor's studio with James Lipton and he said, if you weren't doing this, what would you be doing? I think I'd actually be in HR or like a child psychologist or something because the moments where people are in my office getting really deep about their lives or I'm trying to figure out how they, you know, what makes them tick or, you know, whether it's a cry fest and I'm the bartender or I just have like a deep need to understand people, I feel like that's become the most fascinating part of my job. But it also goes to like the client level. I mean, I'm in here talking to you and I came in and I was like, where are you from? Like, tell me about that vibe. Where did you grow up? Like, I can't talk to you because I don't like I don't know you. And like, I kind of need to get to your gushy center or like I can't be here. It's like a thing. I'm Sandy Harari, the EVP Creative Director of Barker. We are an integrated ad agency located downtown. We've been around for 14 years and we are proudly and fiercely independent. Celebrating the lives, work, and achievements of women around the world. The Drum presents Exceptional Women of the World, hosted by The Drum's America's editor, Doug Zanger. Let's go to three questions. I'm not surprised that you picked this one, but I'm happy you picked this one. What do you think others believe your superpower is? And then in that same vein, what would you say your superpower is? I would say other people think my superpower is my ability to say the thing that someone needs to hear at that very moment in time when I'm speaking to them. I think it's because they're on the other end of that and, and they get that sort of that gift and, and they tell me that. Like, thank you for doing that magical thing that you do. And I can wax poetic about that if you need me to. No, I was just going to say, that seems like, a, is that a Brooklyn thing? Where it's just like a little more direct? Is that, is that, it, is that how you It is a Brooklyn thing, and I was yeah. thinking of doing a blog post called It's a Brooklyn Thing, or why everyone should be a little more Brooklyn. <laughs> okay. Because, yeah, I've done a lot of, I don't know if it's soul-searching, but and maybe it's even through just through writing uh, and answering questions from reporters. It all sort of comes back to a few tenets of how I carry myself, mm-hmm. and it all gets very Brooklyn. So it's it's whether it's my directness or my need to just sort of say whatever I'm thinking, even if it makes the other person uncomfortable, my inability ability to lie, my inability to handle other people lying to me, like I freak out when people are lying to me, my need to understand. I just say what I'm thinking and what I see in front of me, and I feel like everything works out way, way, way better that way. So if I've ever tried the veneer thing or someone else has a veneer, I feel like I can't get anything done, I can't connect, I can't move forward in a relationship. So what do you think your superpower is? I think it's connected. I think it's my emotional intelligence. I think it's my. That's a good to one to have. That's, that's, that shows. I think. I think. I'm hoping that 2018 is the year of self awareness for people because that is. That's a that's good self aware thing. Yeah. I lo- yeah. If someone asks like, "What do you want an employee or a friend or anything?" I'm like, emotional intelligence and self awareness. I think when you have those, you can pretty much do anything. Mm-hmm. And without those, you can't actually grow. And if you can't grow, everything just sort of sucks. Fair right? point. Right. Like, like, it, and you need to be able to adapt. You need to be able to work on a relationship. You need to be able to read a client. You need to be able to pivot. Like, if you aren't able to kind of read a situation, try a new tactic, figure it out, like, kind of learn. Like, mm-hmm. I asked my boss for this. That didn't work out. We're going to figure out a new way. Or I'm going to figure him out. And this is going to get better. 
I think everything in life is about that. And the other thing is that if somebody says no, that's not no comma, that's final. It's no, that no, but, and that's a good thing. Yeah. I yeah. think. No, totally. And that, that's called a professional segue into the next question. Oh yeah. You're probably and very good at that. No. Is that one of your superpowers? No, I, I was the worst DJ in Portland history. What does being <laughs> fearless mean? Fearless means, I would say, having an opinion, forming one in the first place, mm-hmm. and stating it somehow out loud. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the I think it's hard to kind of show who you are, especially if you're not sure if it's going to be popular. You know, everyone has a different agenda. Some people want to stand out. Some people want to sort of fit in. But I think it's extremely scary to be the first person in a room to speak because you really just don't know how people are going to react. And I think it's for that reason that I sometimes need to speak first when I'm mm-hmm. in a situation or a scary situation. I just want to get it out. I want to just state who I am and how I feel, and I need to drop the bomb, like, immediately. But I think it's, it's hard, and I think it's something that you get better at as you sort of live and learn. Mm-hmm. And I think it's by being rewarded for those moments you were fearless. I think it takes a few tries. I think it takes that meeting or that relationship where you didn't, like, hang out for four more months with it sucking. Right. Or you were fearless right. and you stood up for yourself. Or you were fearless and told your boss in the instant, I really didn't appreciate what you just said. Or you were fearless and you were in a meeting and you were scared that you had a really not very intelligent opinion, but some voice inside of you said fucking say it, just say it. And mm-hmm. you said it, and someone was like, oh my God, Sandy, I'm so happy you asked that question. No one ever asks me that question. It's like a release And spell. then a little thing happens, and you're like, do that more often, do that more often. So mm-hmm. I think it is a muscle that you learn over time. Some people are better than others at it, but I think, for me, that's, that's what it means. Nice. What's the most important decision that people, and by <laughs> extension, women, can make in their careers, and why is that? I definitely think it's the environment of the people they surround themselves with Mm -hmm. as well as who they work for. I think culture is everything. And if you think about the time you spend with those people and the way that they need to support you or the way they need to challenge you to make you better, Mm -hmm. I think everything I've gotten from the last 20 years, I got from my ecosystem. And I don't even know that I did it by design, but I, I do know that I made my choices based on how do I feel here? Do I like this person I'm going to spend my day with? Do they respect me? Can they handle me challenging them? Do I enjoy them challenging me? Are they making me better? Mm-hmm. So I think, are the people around me helping, you know, raise, raise my bar? Like, I hire people definitely that make me bring my A game because it'd be pretty easy for me to just chill for a minute. Right. Anyway, I just think it's essential. And I think people sometimes underestimate the importance of of that ecosystem of people around you in the workplace. Let's go to the must list. What is a must do? I would say pursue everything that interests you and don't worry about the the linear road because it's going to take you where you need to go and sometimes you get surprised how those things get threaded at the end in your life. You're talking like side hustle or is it's it deep, it's deeper than that though, it's, right? It's basically like, what's the thing that moves you and make sure it's a huge, huge part of, of what you do. So I know that's abstract. It's not like, I like go, abstract. you know, go disco dancing. I, I think that everyone's got the things that move them that when they can feel it in their bones, uh, you know, whatever it might be, they might have several things mm-hmm. that give them chills like deep inside, you know, your heart's moving, not your brain. It's, it's make sure that that's a piece of what you do every day mm-hmm. to have life be amazing. We'll go back to the disco dancing thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we, you grew up here. 
I grew up here. I grew up in Brooklyn. In like the deep. 90s? 80s? 90s? Forever. What do you mean? Oh, I know, but... I'm oh, contact. 70s, 80s? 70s, oh. 80s? I'm a 72 baby. Okay, 46. so, so I'm a, Studio I'm a 54. Dating my, no, I didn't go to... No. Oh, you're finally trying to figure out why I like the disco dance, thing. The disco dancing. I definitely... <laughs> um, I grew up in the age of dancing school from age four and going to dancing. Like, basically, disco was a major thing. My oh, mom yeah. was a young mom. Mm. She had me when she was 20. So she was in dancing school with me, but in a different class. And when there was a recital, my mom was in the recital. And she was going to Studio 54. And she oh, was basically hustling. And so I... And I, all my parties... Were were disco parties and I have these amazing pictures of like the right. sequence disco and okay. yeah we might have to pop that into but anyway the, uh, into the post no it's it, I, it's I just, still it's like I have yeah. a deep need to move my body fair even when I don't I got you does that make any sense yes of course it okay, does sorry what's a must I'm from Portland all weird stuff makes sense okay. to me what's a must experience a must experience is failure. Okay, everybody says that. Oh, oh do I have to be a cliche? No, you don't have, have to, to be a cliche. What one. I'd like you to think about is how do, how do you make it different than just saying, oh, you're going to learn from it. You're going to do this. The visceral, because you're very good at the visceral. Bringing it down to the visceral thing. Right. I think it's humbling. I think it's almost like you learn something ridiculous about yourself. So this will sound scary. And I, you know, God forbid a million times, haven't had a, like a disease where I'm facing death really. Mm-hmm. But it's almost how I imagine when someone faces death. There are some real truisms they probably find out about their core. It is a sidebar, but when I was um, 21, I was in a bad relationship, so much so, my white blood cells went up to a degree the doctors thought I had a disease for a very long time. And I had a diagnosis of a form of leukemia for a minute in my life. And for 10, like, it maybe it was four days, but in that moment, I had to go, oh my God, what kind of, like, what kind of dying person am I going to be? Am I going to be like a tough survivor chick who's going to let it all hang out and going to like fight this fucking thing? Am I going to be like a pathetic, like, like, do you know what I mean? Like, I totally get that. Yeah. So that's how I feel about when you fail miserably or you get fired and you're like, you know, like just something insane. I think that you get to like this really core, like scary core and something happens. You change, you learn. And I think you're forever different. So yeah, sorry to relate it to death, but no, but that's, that's definitely, I get that. I get that. <laughs> What's a must read? It's a recent read, but Drop the Ball, Achieving More by Doing Less um, by Tiffany Dufu. Why should people read this? It was one of those, it was one of those working mom-ish books, (laughs) but it wasn't the kind that was about just that in any way, shape or form. It was, it was one of those books that not only was she sort of like, like she knew everything my brain ever had to say inside. Everything she said, I had thought about my life and she not only did I relate to her, but there were like very, very pragmatic ways in which she really showed me like what and how I can let go of things in order to just feel really amazing and let go of the shit that drives me crazy about the rat race, about being in New York, about being in advertising, about having two kids and being a working mom or whatever your crazy is. So whether you're a millennial and you've got your side hustle and your job and you're going out at night and you're trying to find your mate or whatever you're doing, I felt like there was a sense of like letting it all go that I got from her book. And it wasn't like a regular book where you read it and watch while you're reading it, you're doing like all that inspo stuff and you're like, and then you leave it and it's all over. It stayed with me for a year and I still hear her in my head when I'm making a decision in oh, the wow. morning. Wow. And that to me, that's a really important book. Nice. What's a must learn? Learning how to change 
I think that that's, and I probably echoed this at the beginning, but I think that learning how to exact some level of change in your life and how to like replace an old behavior is is something that's going to take you for a really long way. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes you're going to need to change for a relationship or sometimes you're going to need to adapt or sometimes you're going to want to get better at something because your boss said, I'd I'd really like you to get some presentation skills or I would love to see you have a little more grace in how you deal with your colleagues. Right. At some point, you're going to have to figure out how to change something that you may have been living with for 25 years. And it might be because of the way your parents brought you up. And no matter all those therapy sessions, you still need to right. sort of figure out how to replace a behavior and, and change. What do you need to change? I need to probably change my living in the future. Interesting. Yeah. I have a very hard time staying present. I'm definitely playing chess in my head about mm-hmm. every little, you know, machination. Um, everything from if I do X with my kids here and we do this, they'll turn out like that, to my career, to like everyone I'm supervising, just everything in life. And I, I think I'm missing out sometimes in just a very slow present moment. And the future never really turns out the way the chess in your head thinks. And so I know it's a colossal waste of time, but I'm not that great at it. Just admitting it. What's a question you've never been asked before that you'd love someone to ask you, and what would the answer be? I have never been asked, um, nor do many people know, uh, why I study the Alexander Technique. Okay, I saw this and I thought, okay, I what didn't. What the even hell re- is the Alexander I, Technique? No, I didn't even bother. I didn't even bother researching it because I wanted to hear it from you. Okay, so the Alexander Technique is. Someone once called it pre-K to yoga, but basically it's a body routine where you're learning how to use your muscles in. A more effortless way mm-hmm. and you're replacing maybe old body habits in order to get better posture to if you have a back hurt if you want to be a better singer it's it's usually something pursued by actors and singers to get like a better voice but they do that because it aligns them better what i love about it is it's way it's it goes all the way to like energy spheres but more than anything i think it's it is actually the tool that taught me how to change. And so whether it's how do I get in and out of a chair? So I spend the first 30, it's a private lesson with someone for one hour. And you study it for usually like 20 years at a time. This is not something you do for like a year and you're done. It's usually a lifelong pursuit. And the first 30 minutes, you're learning how to do things in a new way, like literally walking. And the second 30 is like someone sort of pulling out your muscles. And in order to actually change the way you brush your teeth or hold your arm or hold your pencil to use like the two muscles you need and not the 80 that you don't, you kind of have to first just notice it for like two months and go, oh, isn't that interesting? In a dispassionate, uncritical way. I feel like you're judging me sitting here. No, like I'm just saying, but you... No. <laughs> I'm kidding. What, guess what I didn't know is, I didn't realize until I was coaching someone at work uh-huh. about how to change the way they reacted to someone. And I gave them advice that was literally came right out of my years in Alexander, that I was like, oh my God, I'm using Alexander in my day-to-day here. You're a prophet. I was literally like, oh, you're going to spend the next 30 days noticing in a completely dispassionate way every time you react to that situation, but you're not going to change it. Like, swear to me, you won't change it. I just want you to notice it, and I don't want you to think it's bad. And then we're going to spend the next 30 days like replacing it sometimes. And then eventually you're going to, like, in six months it's going to be more route and that wrote and that's sort of how it works. So it's this weird thing I do. I go in and out of it and maybe one day I'll be an Alexander teacher. 
<laughs> I love like it. Like when I'm 70. <laughs> That's cool, though. It's very cool. Yeah, look it up. I will. You want to go to now, class? Now I'm going to look it up. I can hook you up. I have a great teacher. In Portland? She travels all around the world now right, teaching I'll look. teachers. I'll look. I'll She'll look. hook you up. All right. Every guest on the show gets a chance to talk about whatever they'd like for a minute or two. Without further ado, the floor is yours. Well, right now, given that the Women's March is upon us this weekend, and actually my entire office is, we're making signs for people to actually download, and I have a little girl at home who's four years old, and a little boy who's seven, and I've been talking about this. Uh, that's, that's really what's on my mind, that everything that's been happening in our culture from time's up to just, just every Me Too and, and honestly just the, the dialogue around women in the workplace, I just want to say I'm really I'm excited for what's to come because I think something huge is upon us. And I feel like I'm part, like I'm in the center of it because I'm, I'm one of those, I don't know, I'm one of those women and I've always talked about the way women work and the way they think and and the way the world works and how it's not really designed for us and why the fuck is that? I don't know. And I just love hearing the way my children react to the things I say to them. And my son told me this morning when I said I had to miss his gymnastics performance to march tomorrow, he said, shouldn't Margot go with you? Shouldn't she be with you? She's a little girl and she's going to be a woman one day. And I was like, Oh, that was so beautiful, Toby. Yes, yes. But she'll be with me in my heart. It's going to be cold. I'm not taking her. We wrap up the show with one last piece of advice or wisdom. What would you give as your final word? I would tell everyone to just be really um, true to who you are and as honest as humanly possible in the spheres that you're in. I think it's just the best piece of advice. I think being who you are and being true to who you are and remembering that that's actually your secret weapon, like for real, like all that shit that you hide sometimes is the thing that's goddamn amazing about who you are. And I think that's what honesty is. It's just being who you are. Usually we see each other and it's like a flyby. So we actually got to spend some time together. So thank you so much for being on the show. Best wishes for continued success. And this has been great. Thank you for having me. 